Welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. My name is Jacob Dahlin, sitting here in rainy North Carolina. And with us today is Alexander Zalewski from uh, the, the Russian... Uh, well, let's. I want to let you talk about where are you from, and, uh, and then we'll address some things about Russia a little bit. Uh, not too much, but I wanted to talk about that um, from the beginning. People have been always asking me about it. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hi. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. So uh, let's let's uh, address this right away. Some people may, because of the war situation, may say, well, uh, controversial to have somebody from Russia on, on the podcast. To me, uh, hockey is a unifying sport. Uh, I don't really, uh, you know, I think it's awful what's happening with war and in any situation. And um, so definitely don't want to make light of it. But for me, it's um, uh, we're all humans. We're all hockey players and hockey fans and coaches and involved. And I just when you and I connected, you have an interesting background that I wanted to talk about and you're here because of who you are and we want to talk about your journey so tell us a little bit about your background alexander well, yeah let's do that uh born and raised in saint petersburg russia back in 1988 um worked the goal coach for five straight seasons uh, in khl left the country and located in israel now wow so uh but originally played. So let's go back a little further um, because I know you played at a pretty good level and then and and then got derailed with an injury. Pretty bad one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I uh, started back at my hometown, St. Petersburg, as I said, uh, played juniors up to the top level of juniors. And then when I was one step away from reaching the pro team, I started feeling something wrong in my back, you know, uh, I didn't know what it was exactly. And I talked to the doctor and the doctor said, well, maybe some some sort of a stressed ligament or something. So you have to have rest for about a month, stay away from uh, heavy loads and playing and training and stuff. So I did that. But then it got even worse. And uh, I stopped playing hockey and I was somewhere in the middle of investigating what was happening to my health. And one day I was watching TV and I wanted to get up and go um, fetch something from the kitchen. So as I put my legs on the floor and my feet touched the ground from bed, I realized that I didn't feel my right leg at all. So I couldn't go. I couldn't uh, move my leg. And the next day I rushed to the hospital and they made some MRI tests. And I was diagnosed with four big herniations which basically stuck uh, the spinal cord channel and uh, as the doctor told me uh, the spinal cord uh, was almost cut off by the broken disc so maybe one more day or a few more days a wheelchair forever not a good perspective <laughs> so uh, yeah the surgery came next uh, it was the next step uh they took away the discs and 
I mean, first of all, they cut the hole back open, took away the discs, uh, put in uh, those metal screws and plates, and told me that I have to lie for 10 months because the injury itself was so severe that the vertebras got rotated and all the joints in between them, uh, they were in wrong positions. So the whole structure uh, had to become a one bone and uh, it takes a lot of time. So 10 months for me and I was lying in bed and well, pretty strange experience, pretty strange experience, I should tell you. First month and maybe even the second month, I was all right. I was fighting inside myself. I was telling me, okay, I'm going to get up, going to move on, going to make something good. Started to learn languages, started reading books, started watching some uh, scientific TV shows, trying to educate myself, trying to get as much as I could get from that time I was <laughs> by myself in bed. But after two months, I was destroyed, hit the rock bottom. It was like waking every morning, you have a wall in front of you, you have a wall on your left, you have a window on your right and a ceiling, and that's it. Wow. Basically a room. And you're, you get so, so, uh, it's so tight in there. It's like a cell and it's getting smaller day by day and I want to get out, but there is no way. And you're not socialized, it's hard. Uh, because the only thing I was focused on was the pain. It was like constant. It was getting uh, it was getting smaller, but still it was constant. And it was the only thing I was focused on. It was the only thing I could talk about. And of course, and I fully understand that, that uh, all my friends and relatives and everyone who was around me by that time, they didn't want to spend that much time with me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, you become extremely toxic. You become extremely toxic because everything, what you have inside is toxins. <laughs> yeah. So uh, almost maybe more than half of this time, those 10 months, I was on the rock bottom. Lying there in the darkness, uh, thinking about bad things and stuff uh and then and i don't know why but one day i started digging inside of me all right one day i'm gonna get up from bed one day i'm gonna learn myself to walk again learn myself to uh skate again and what i'm gonna do what is my purpose it was the it was the biggest the biggest question and how uh, how old were you at this time? 24. 24. Yeah, for 10 years from now. It wow. was on the 16th of October. Uh, yeah. Wow. 2012. So I forgot to say that I am raised uh, in a medical family. All my relatives, parents, everyone are medical doctors. And that is why... One of my educations is medical. So I've graduated from medical university and parents wanted me to become a doctor. But it was not something I wanted to follow. My my father brought me to the ice hockey ring, 
So, <laughs> so you can blame him. Yeah, my biggest love and passion, my entire life, ice hockey. So, and at that very moment, when I started digging inside myself, I thought, all right, I'm never going to be a doctor. Life, you, you live your life only once. You cannot load a save file or something. So why would I spend my life for doing something I don't want to do? Yeah. Why would I follow my parents' pattern or something? Okay, that question had an answer. And uh, next one was what I'm going to do. And I was thinking and thinking and thinking and I had an awakening. I thought that the best thing I can do is become a goalie coach and make sure that none gets hurt as I got anymore. So I wanted to train the goalies right. I wanted to help them stay out of trouble. And I wanted to find a way for every individual goalie to reach uh, his or her maximum capacity and potential. So that became uh, the driving force. And then, and then what happened? You got connected with a Swede. Yeah. Uh, so before we go there, I'll, I just want to say that the first time that you and I got connected, I had to ask you a lot of questions because we started communicating in Swedish and I was wondering, because because at the time you were in in Russia, you were in Saint in in Saint Peter. No, you were not Saint in Petersburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in Saint Petersburg, and and I was trying to figure out. Oh, did you grow up in Sweden? Uh, did you you know are your have you played in Sweden? And uh, and uh, so I just want to put some. I, I was a little bit baffled because your Swedish was excellent. And your comprehension of Swedish was was super impressive. So uh, I, I was quite baffled, uh, which made me really, really intrigued. <laughs> well, that's a rather interesting story too. So I had I had a friend from Serbia <laughs> who had I don't know how, but he had some connections to um, a former goalie and now goalie coach. Swedish guy Bjorn Bjurling. And I told that friend that I'm about to start a goaltending coaching career. And he said, All right, I know this guy. Just email him or call him or whatever and ask because he's a goalie coach now. And I did it right away. I opened my laptop and sent him an email where I told him that, okay, I'm just back from uh, from darkness, from trying to recover from a severe injury, used to play net, and right now I want to become a coach. Do you have any tips? And he said that uh, he has an upcoming camp in Sweden and invited me in, so bought a ticket. Took me an hour to fly from St. Petersburg to Stockholm. Uh, met him for the first time in my life and uh, great chemistry right away, right from the start. So we are very close friends now. He's maybe almost the only person who I can have a really goalie conversation with, except for <laughs> some other guys, but still not so yeah. many. And uh, that's it. I came there to that camp and I was... I was maybe uh, 25% uh, ready to live my life again, but 
I was trying to move on as fast as possible. And there in Sweden, during his camp, I met uh, one of his friends and uh, an osteopath and a strength and conditioning coach, Stefan Löfström. And he was my guide to the resurrection. He showed so where, me so, yeah. so so you were living in Sweden or you were visiting Sweden, but you were able to kind of uh, stay there for a while yeah. and got connected. Yeah, stay there for a while, five, four months, uh, back and forth, St. Petersburg, Sweden, St. Petersburg, Sweden. So I had a life like in between for almost four years. It was cool. And uh, one day I woke up and I didn't feel, I didn't feel pain any longer in my back. I mean, it was, it was extremely, uh, extremely I, I don't know a cool experience it was something which I was never expecting to have but the pain was gone and thanks Stefan uh, and those drills and exercises he showed me so uh, I was ready to to start start the next chapter and I uh, got signed up uh, to Swedish uh, Hockey Academy uh, goaltending coach uh, courses, something. And, was that uh, all through through uh, Bjorn or kind of yeah. leading you there? Yeah, he was he was helping me with all the stuff. Uh, and uh, right now I'm level two of uh, Swedish goaltending coaches license program. Okay. Mordvakt uh, two. Yeah. One step left uh, but still uh, and then i came back to st petersburg and graduated from sports and health university and got my diploma on uh, hockey coaching and then they opened uh, they opened a higher school of hockey coaches uh, in st petersburg for professional coaches and i graduated from there too so <laughs> right now i have about four uh, official, uh, officially completed educations. More, more than most, I would say. So how, but let's now switch over a little bit on, you know, coaching in the KHL, you don't just jump straight in the KHL. No, it's impossible. So <laughs> what was the, uh, but I mean, incredible level. Uh, I'm sure that you've you've got some some incredible stories to talk about there too. Um, um, uh, we're not going to compete with spitting chiclets on Russian KHL stories here. But how did you? How did so? When you got into coaching after you got your your degrees and certifications, what was the path? You must have that must have been a pretty rapid path into the KHL. Yeah, and uh, I should say that um, the main mantra I have uh, right now and I had over the years and for my whole life since 2012 is that you have to know your purpose and you have to know the goal you're trying to achieve. And as I started being goalie coach, my biggest dream was to reach professional level and become a KHL coach and then national team coach and then go to the Olympics and win the Olympics. But I didn't know how. Uh, 
But the trickiest part is that you don't you don't have to know how. You just have to know what you want. And then you get the path which guides you uh, right there. And my journey to the KHL, uh, yeah, it was interesting. So I came back from Sweden, got licensed and all those educations and stuff. And I had to start somewhere. So I was always ready uh, for any chance. So uh, I told all my friends that I'm a goalie coach now. And I tried to work here and there with the kids, juniors, amateurs, beer leaguers, everyone. I mean, I just, I was just waiting for a phone call, right? I ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go there, 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 there. So I was all over the place every day and waking up at 4.30 a.m. and coming back home at uh, 12 midnight. So I didn't have that much night sleep, but I didn't need that because I tried, I tried to, I've lost a year. So I had to compensate that year. <laughs> I tried. I tried to reach. Uh, I tried to reach the mark which I could have reached if I didn't lose the year. So that, that that's one thing. That, that's why I'm always trying to do as much as possible during the day, and that is why I'm still waking up at four thirty a.m. every day, because I know that uh, I still have things to do and I still have books to read and I still have things to think about and stuff. So. That's why uh, this thing is still here and it reminds me uh, of the journey and, and so on. So one day I came on a practice uh, to help some beer leagues goalies. And there was a guy, and I could say from the first side that he was a hockey geek goalie. Uh, over 30, 40, 45 something, but he had all brand new Brian's gear, like the very best. And, special order painted mask and i know i knew that he was a hockey geek so i tried to help him as much as i could i didn't know that much during that time but you know as they say the biggest and the very best teacher for every teacher is his student so we learn from our goalies we learn from the hockey players we help them they help us and it's a constant movement so we started working with him and after about two or two and a half months, he called me and said, all right, uh, I know a guy who is now a general manager of uh, Far Eastern, yeah, Far Eastern Hockey Club, Admiral Vladivostok, which is almost on the border with China, like the middle of nowhere. I mean, as far as possible. I mean, you live in St. Petersburg, you live uh, in the middle of, of movement of everything and then and, and the furthest west that you can be of russia right he, almost yeah and yeah. uh so, so and russia is very big country so he told me that he, he knows the guy and this guy is now in charge of uh building a new team and he asked me if uh, i wanted to join uh, and of course i i didn't have any other options except one i said yes <laughs> And in two weeks, I was there. I was thrilled. Uh, it was cool. It was great. It was something unexpected again. And I was flying there, which is uh, nine nine hours of a straight flight. Now I was flying there and thinking, all right, uh, I said yes. And right now I'm going to be a KHL goalie coach, but I don't know shit about it. <laughs> 
So <laughs> you'll it, figure it out. Yeah, it, it's like a very big difference from teaching kids or B-leaguers or someone. <laughs> and I've missed the junior hockey level as a coach. I've missed uh, some uh, second leagues, uh, junior leagues and stuff. And I got right on top, just at one step. But okay, uh, the only option I had <laughs> is to say yes and uh, to start. And that's it. And I think my first year in KHL, I was very bad coach. Uh, I, was, I was trying my best. I was listening to the goalies, but from the very beginning, I realized that uh, it's not only about physical training or technical assessment and stuff. It's more about their mental strength because you take 20, 50, maybe 100 of professional hockey players or goalies or whoever, and if you try to compare their skills, they're almost at the same level. We're not talking like greater talents, but average players, uh, they all know how to skate. They all know how to stop box, how to use the blocker and stick and pads and whatever. They all know how to move properly. But when it comes to the game day and they have to stand and deliver, it's a big difference. Some of them can be at their 100. Some of them can stop 52 shots every game. Some of them never reach starting goalie position, never reach a professional team. Some of them always stay back up and then finish playing at the age of 25. So so I know, and that's kind of where I wanted to go with this conversation too, is your, your experience in... Um, experience in that aspect and how that's kind of made your focus and your 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 niche right but how did you how did you figure that out that that, that what is the difference here because where, where we're going to now is is the conversation about uh the mental game as a goalie right but how did you figure out that man everybody's there's not a whole lot of difference between the physical abilities of the players, but what makes it was that something you, you, you identified early on and you got intrigued about and you, you wanted to dive into more. Actually, yes, <clears throat> it was something I, I was thinking all the time. And when I played that, I didn't have a goalie coach and at sometimes all? at all. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, I had, uh, last three years and it, it didn't go so well but so, so uh i remember myself struggling with some kind of mental issues during the game somewhere so someday i was not ready and i didn't know how to make myself ready there was something wrong in the mind you know you wake up and you feel wrong and you're trying to find that feeling that, uh, that strange vibration in your chest when you know, all right, I'm ready. I'm going to come up to the ring. I'm going to show them. I'm going to stop every fucking shot. It's okay. Sorry. I'm going to stop every shot. And, and, uh, and, and I was looking for that feeling. And I never found it. I mean, it came and went. But I couldn't find it myself. So I had some thoughts on it. Then I came to the, to the professional league, to the KHL, and I had two great goalies, two younger kids. Uh, both were at the age of 21. So we had to dive in the season with young goalies. And everyone told me uh, that uh, it's going to be a total failure. But 
I never agreed. I knew that those guys could deliver at a very high level. So my very first goal was to make sure that we started the season and they play good and, and so on. But I didn't know how. So I tried to train them at the gym. I tried to give them some um, drills on the ice so that they can keep uh, their uh, hockey sense uh, at a good level. And those things, those parts were good, but I still felt that I was missing something. Because one day we came to the rink and we had to play an exhibition game before the start of the season. And I looked in their eyes and both the guys, they were somewhere outside the rink. So we lost. Uh, and you can now I can say, when, when I look at a goalie during a warm-up or something, during practice, I can say if he's ready or not. Not the, by the way he moves or not by the way uh, he stops the pucks or if he stops them or not stopping them at all. But there is some kind of vibe you feel. And right now I can feel this vibe uh, right away. Uh, so I kept thinking about the issue the whole evening after the game and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then I realized that I have to know the person first. I have to become build a very strong connection with the person. I have to know every tiny part of the mechanism which is constantly working in the, in the head of the guy. I need to feel their moods. I have to know everything what happens and affects their moods and stuff. So I knew that I was making my first steps, not only as a goalie coach, but as a mentor or leader or friend or a guide, because being a coach is not just giving the drills, it's helping a person. It's helping a person to discover his or her very best parts yeah. and all the hidden parts and all the darkest corners and looking in the mirror and uh, telling uh, himself that, okay, I know myself or I don't know myself or, okay, this thing I have to work on. Because at the end, at the end of the day, the goalie's the one's going to be stopping the pucks, not you. Yeah, yeah right? not me, the goalie. And 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 how do you get? So uh, so that's really really interesting. And I would imagine that that is not necessarily unique to just goalies. No, no, actually, <laughs> I've had a lot of situations when uh, some of the players uh, came up to me and said, "All right, can we have a conversation in the evening?" I don't feel I don't feel like I'm going to score tomorrow, but I desperately need a goal or a sisters. Yeah, the rumors uh, the rumors were spread pretty fast. So, yeah, and and I think that you know we hear over here we we talk about gripping the stick too tight, right, and getting in a slump, and and um, it's amazing how mental this game is. Um, and and the physical has an underlying aspects of the mental and it's not just what happens in the games but it also how do you mentally how do you stay mentally sharp and mentally prepared for um in practice right 
and how do you become um, used to a routine and a a system or a process to to then perform during the games? Well, that's a very interesting and complicated question. So yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let's start. Let's start by dividing it uh, in two parts. So the first one is something you have during the day. Every single day is a small mind game. And then you have a year or a season or something away from the point A to point B, which is a long perspective and a bigger mind game. And each, yeah. So so let me, let me stop you right there. What about... Uh, um, so with your experience now, and, and now you've been in the sandbox of being able to experiment and learn and grow and test your theories into practice. But when you're working with a, with a, uh, I, I would imagine that the, the, the young guys that you're dealing with, or maybe not so young guys, but, but they may not have ever done that before. They yeah. have always focused on the physical aspects. And just like what you were saying, you never really had a goalie coach. But how does it work from a standpoint of when you're taking a player that never had the – they've never been challenged to be – they never been – they never done that before in terms of mental coaching – and then when you're telling them, hey, we need to do a mental mental mind game, you know, some may not be ready for that. And some may be like, I'll try anything. Uh, I never say that we're going to try some kind of uh, mind game. Never. <laughs> they never know. It's always the part of the process. I can say some phrases during nice practice or training at the gym. Or we can have a conversation in the evening, or with some guys, they request they request like a seminar. Yeah. <laughs> say so they say okay, can we have a seminar in the evening? And they come and they tell me and we discuss and then when I find the spot where the trigger point is, I make sure that the goalie presses that point himself. I just try to lead him. Uh, I was speaking to one of my fellows uh, yesterday, I think, and he told me that he told me that um, one of his students told him that he he, he was a good coach and um, one of the players he he's uh, an assistant coach, and he said, "Well, I told him that it's more of his achievement, and I was just there to like uh, bring in the hockey tape and stuff." <laughs> but in my opinion. The uh, amount of uh, experience, oh no, no, uh, the um, the size of achievement one will get depends on the size of the information or something that his teacher or coach or whoever gives to him. So you cannot just say that this player is bad. If this player is bad, just go there and teach him, help him get better. The process of development never stops. Yeah. Never stops. It's always it's always moving. And you can never ever allow yourself to say, 
that someone is unteachable. It depends on the coach. It depends on the teacher. I, I, I and but I would imagine that there's a little bit of a of a of a two way street there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah the 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 ability to be a leader, the ability to be a coach and a mentor, um, the is there's good mentors, good coaches, good leaders, and then there's some that are not so good, and the really good ones, um have the ability to 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 get through to to almost anyone but there are certain students so to speak or the recipient of the coaching that may or may not be ready uh i had this conversation just recently where the coach said uh i don't think i can coach him which is which is you know when i hear that it may be like I don't know if I want to coach him. Right? Any any student should be coachable. Some are harder than others. And certainly if it's easy to coach the ones that are saying feed me feed me feed me and that are completely open, but I think everybody's on a journey. Some are di- in different places, but how can you take if you only work on the player that is here and they're dying to get to the next step and they're, you know, reading books and studying film and, you know, you know, versus the one that says, Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't need anything. Everybody can learn. Yeah. uh, It's what I said in the beginning. Um, uh, It it depends on the teacher and it depends on the approach. And I should tell you that, uh, and yeah, as I said before, the best teacher for every coach is his student, is his player. So when it feels, and I know it myself, when it feels that I don't want to coach this guy, it means that you are in front of a very important development process. So if it yes. feels like you don't, you don't want to coach this guy, you have to go there and coach the shit out of him. Yes. Because if you don't make it, if you don't make it, you would never be a better coach. You would never uh, accept the challenge. You would never accept the test. You would never take this test and finish this test and never graduate. So th- that is the difference. That's why some coaches reach top levels. Some coaches always stay in the village or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is no, the that's, thing. That, that certainly is is interesting. And, and like I said, it transcends um it transcends goalies to players it transcends sports it transcends into uh outside of sports right it's 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 player development it's people development it's and that's what leadership and mentorship is all about um i think that you have a unique background because you've been able to <laughs> not necessarily how you wished it was going to be but you got forced into this situation and had the time uh and you got laser focused on it yeah i i was able to try disability for some time <laughs> yeah and uh, then was, yeah and and then the ability to then get passionate you know mm-hmm. so you get you get your journey so you have this. Um, so in 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 my line of work, which I work in on my day during the day, I work in risk management, um, and um, f- 
and, and I advise companies and we talk about black line versus blue line. Black line is how work is planned. Black line is how work is actually actually performed, right? And, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And I think that it's it's interesting to be able to see where where we have to pay attention to how the journey actually goes for a person and where where are they where the where do they want to go and how can we help them get there right yeah it's always if you want to be heard you have to listen it's always about listening and it's not about my desires or my perspectives on the goal is it's all about what they want to achieve yeah so the first question i always ask is what do you want so when i meet a goalie for the first time we sit and i ask all right what do you want and they start telling me uh, describing very uh, big and colorful pictures because they've uh, been asked before in some other ways yeah and i listen to them uh, for an hour and then when they are finished i say all right and what do you want because a big and colorful picture doesn't have any concrete goal inside of it, you know. It's always somewhere in between, but they have to be specific on what they want. They have to know what they want. You have they they they, they have to leave. They have to leave uh, this desire as a passion and and something. So yeah. So um. So where is uh. Where is Alexander going next with, so if we, if we, if we, you're in this juncture now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where you've, since the title of this podcast or this episode is really the journey, right? <laughs> and where you've been and, and, and how you got to a, a you know, a very young age at a, at a, at a, almost the highest level. Uh, I mean, you can argue the highest level. Certainly, there's there's semantics when it comes to, you know, one could be higher than that. But uh, you're going in a different direction, or maybe just geographically different. Yeah. Well, I want to say that it was an amazing experience. Those five seasons in KHL, amazing experience, and I was the youngest, not only goalie, but the youngest coach ever to enter the league. I started at 30. Yeah. Interesting. And right now, well, one more, one more um, crazy turn, one more uh, challenge, which is interesting, which is, um, which is right, which feels right. So, so, so I'm going to pull it back to your, what you kind of said yourself. Are you seeking your goal? Is it is it that you're trying to find? I mean, certainly the circumstances in 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 your country has has impacted, and has been the the the, the pivotal aspects of of staying or leaving here. But are you seeking that goal right now, or is it clear in your mind of what you want to do and where you want to do it? Uh, I know my purpose, and I want to become the best of myself uh, at what I'm doing. So 
Uh, NHL uh, is my uh, next biggest goal. And of course, I have to admit that uh, I might take uh, some steps uh, before I reach the level, but you never know. So Yeah. Um, well, well, certainly coming on the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast is going to be the breakout podcast. Uh, the the breakout opportunity to get there uh i'm I'm joking a little bit but certainly it's it's uh it's all about networking it's about friendship it's about getting connected and uh one thing that i found that amazes me is how small the hockey world really is um i can give you so many different examples of how weird it is but um uh, you and I getting connected is 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 uh, there's a reason behind it and um, and it's going to be fun to follow um, Alexander Zalewski in the next step. Just uh, since you and I spoke last time to this time, uh, lots have happened and uh, it happens for a reason, right? Yeah, everything happens for a reason. And and I think that. Um, that's what's cool about doing this podcast and talking to different people and their journey. It's been so fun to talk to different people and and the 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 common denominator among everybody is is the sport and what it's given to them and the ability that they can give uh, to it and the participants or or the fans or whoever it may be. So I am. Uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting um, I'm betting on Alexander Zalewski that he's going to, whether it's the first stop, second stop, or third stop, uh, pretty determined young man, and and uh, he's going to reach his goal. So I want to thank you for uh, getting connected, jumping on this podcast, and speaking from your heart. And we want to empathize with the situation you're in, uh, but kudos to you for, for taking the leap and uh, getting out there thank you for having me once again and uh, i just came up with a quick tip for anyone who might listen to it uh if you want to get better at something uh and it feels like you don't want to do something just go there and do it then you're gonna get better that's right man there you heard it from uh alexander Selevsky, uh and we we're gonna leave it at that and we'll we'll stay in touch for sure thanks for coming on Okay, thanks.